재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, this was touted by some pundits as uh, the most anticipated political event in the U.S. political season in a season that's been uh, marked by many dramatic events, to say the least. Uh, This is the general election campaign season now for uh, the U.S. presidential election. We have the very first debate that just took place Monday night local time at Hofstra University in New York. This is the first of three presidential debates, and we had Hillary Clinton on the Democratic side, uh, Donald Trump on the Republican side. A lot of chatter already in the lead up to this. A lot of expectations, uh, a little bit of posturing, uh, setting uh, the, uh, trying to set the groundwork as to who came out on top ultimately. Well, we're going to try to get you the analysis on that. Uh, We'll be joined by a political expert uh, from overseas very shortly. Here in the studio, we do have our good friend from Asan Institute for, uh, for, for the uh, Yonsei University, excuse me, Institute for North Korean Studies, uh, someone who's uh, been a, a good friend of the program, research fellow, Dr. Pong Young. Chick, Dr. Pong. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for uh, joining us. It's been sort of a force of habit with reading out the uh, titles of people, so excuse me for that. Uh, Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies. All right, and anticipated debate, Dr. Pong. Um, we got three going on um how important is the first one well first one is usually the most watched uh presidential debate among three uh for uh, almost all elections it's a great chance for uh, candidates to make the real direct impression to the voters in that regard uh, donald trump uh missed a good opportunity to show um you know what kind of candidate he really is as a as to dispel the suspicions and distrust about him among neutral voters uh in that regard that uh Ronald Reagan when he was facing Jimmy Carter as a incumbent president in 1980 election uh was a very successful case to um you know rise up to be a very acceptable attractive and trustworthy candidate so in that regard, Donald Trump missed the opportunity. So missed opportunity for him. And, and, and I guess it leads us to what the uh, goals for each candidate were uh, getting into this debate because there are going to be different goals. Hillary Clinton, maybe some people saying there is a trustworthy factor. Uh, uh, there is an idea that she needs to make her case uh, better uh, for Donald Trump. The idea to convince people that he's a credible commander in chief, that he has a temperament, um, that he won't say anything crazy, I guess is a blunt way to put it. How well do you think they achieved their goals? Well, both aim at the same goal, in my opinion, which is to look presidential and make the other uh, candidate less presidential. And in that regard, that uh, Hillary Clinton did did her homework that um, Donald, I prepare for this debate and I also prepare to be the president. And uh, even very conservative media commentators, I checked, uh, accepted that Donald Trump did not prepare for the debate adequately. He uh, wasn't prepared. And this is really something that seems like second nature. It's, it's a basic thing. Dr. Pong always comes very well prepared when he's doing anything in a, in a media setting, whether it's this program or others. And that showed. And, and, and I, I suppose that is going to be a cer- certainly to some people a detriment for Donald Trump. The, uh, the polls indicated already that as far as a credibility issue or as far as an issue of who is better suited to lead the nation, Clinton kind of came out ahead overall. Um, from what you're indicating, I think this is not necessarily a controversial opinion that you're having because we're seeing the uh, immense, even from the conservative side, that um, perhaps 
Clinton um, fared a little bit better than her opponent in this first presidential debate? Yes, I, I concede to that point. But uh, what I'm saying is that although this debate uh, matters, but uh, the result of the first presidential debate uh, usually uh, falls short of changing the actual outcome of mm-hmm. the presidential election. The good case is 2000 presidential election between uh, Al Gore and George W. Bush. I'm sorry, John Kerry for Democratic Party and uh, 2004, uh, right. the uh, second term uh, for the G. W. Bush. And uh, Kerry, Senator, uh, Senator Kerry crushed George W. Bush as incumbent president in the first debate. But uh, George W. Bush quickly you know, uh, restored uh, and made up uh, his ground and actually carried mm-hmm. the election. Yeah, so and, and you can't make too much out of this. Right. But in terms of Hillary Clinton well-prepared, uh, you know, he, I'm sorry, she copied uh, one trick from 2012 president, vice presidential candidate debate. Uh, Sarah Palin, the running mate of the uh, Republican Party presidential candidate John McCain. Remember the first scene when she was uh, shaking hands with uh, her opponent Joe Biden? Mm-hmm. Can I can I call you Joe? Right. right. And Hillary Clinton uh, did a similar thing when they were shaking hands before the yeah. beginning of the debate. How are you, Donald? Right. Right. He she tried to penetrate the psychology, the ego of Mr. Donald Trump, the the, the big ego. She called he, uh, her debate opponent only by first name, yeah. Donald, 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 fifteen times. And if you know anything about the history of uh, everybody, including the top officials of his company, uh, anyone associated with him, the title is Mr. Trump. And that is... Donald. Yeah, yeah, you could see that that could be a a psychological uh, factor uh, in this debate. Let's also get the thoughts of uh, a professor from overseas uh, at the University of Birmingham, American Studies professor William Scott Lucas is joining us on the line. Hello. Hi, good to be with you. Well, thank you for joining us once again, uh, Professor Lucas. Uh, what stood out for you in this uh, first presidential debate? Oh, I think, just speaking logically, it was that after the first 20 minutes, it was a train wreck for Donald Trump, that whereas Clinton looked reliable, whereas she was the only candidate who really was talking about policy, he lost his composure, he went back to being aggressive, he uh, tried to belittle her, but I think unsuccessfully, and that he did not have a real answer when she came back with the, you know, some of the key attacks on his character, whether it be his failure to provide tax returns, whether uh, his racism in terms of the operation of his businesses, or indeed his insulting uh, attitude towards women. Uh, but that is speaking logically. I still wonder with my heart, whether no matter how much Trump may be deceptive or lie, and he did lie last night about some issues, uh, no matter how aggressive he gets, whether there will be American voters who will just say, I'm so angry, I'm so frustrated, I'm going to vote for this man, no Mm -hmm. matter how much he shouts. So that's, that's what stood out as an immediate reaction. There are some people who are saying, you got to be a little bit more tempered. You, you you need to sort of be more subdued, not not come off too, uh, I suppose, uh, crass, 
interrupt, uh, kind of kind of come across as a bully. But there's the other side saying you got to let Trump be Trump. You got to let him double down on uh, sort of what brought him here. The next debate is going to be a town hall format, which doesn't necessarily kind of uh, lend itself well to being sort of a shout, a shouting kind of interrupting type of person, especially when you're getting answers, uh, feeling questions from from voters. How do you expect the next couple of debates generally to pan out? I don't think Trump can be anything other than Trump. I don't. I think he tried at the start of the debate last night to be more measured, and then he just went back to the only style he really knows, which is to be confrontational. So I expect to see that in the next two debates, although there will be a slight difference in setting with what we call the town hall meeting, which is more the interaction with the audience rather than with the other candidate. And I think Hillary... Clinton, I think they'll be pretty pleased with what they saw last night. They'll feel like they got their points across while unsettling Trump. So they'll try to hold that line. Well, I still think working with her on the key issue, which is, okay, we know you're reliable. You know your policy. Engage the voters. Mm -hmm. Engage. Reach out to them. Draw them into what you're saying uh, the way that your husband, Bill Clinton, did when he was president. You do seem to be indicating, though, that these are very important events, these debates. They do give the voters a, a better chance to sort of uh, get to see uh, these candidates, uh, maybe not in the flesh, but at least under uh, some sort of uh, important, maybe stressful event, how they handle that pressure. And that might, uh, I suppose, move the needle one way or the other. But ultimately, it does seem to uh, you do seem to be saying that these debates will matter. But at the end of the day, these candidates are going to have to make their case to the public. Hillary, as you're saying, has to connect more with the voters. Um, Donald Trump will have to, I suppose, shore up or try to expand his support beyond the uh, the the angry, elderly, uh, non-educated white demographic. I, I think that this is the most important campaign moment since the first ever U.S. presidential debate, which was John Kennedy versus Richard Nixon in 1960, because there the race is close, but also this is such a different campaign for the future of U.S. politics. Um, the will Donald Trump, despite not having the support of a political party, despite running effectively a campaign through social media, almost through Twitter, can he completely redefine American politics? And then, of course, if he was to become president, it would be such a different American government in its domestic policy, in its relationship with countries like South Korea and with other allies, uh, that I think this is a defining moment. So the debate is not decisive. It will not decide who wins, but it is a key moment in what is going to be, I think, a decisive few, uh, few months in American political history. All right. We're going to leave it there. Professor uh, William Scott Lucas, as always, uh, we do appreciate your insights, and thank you very much for joining us again. Thank you so much. That was William Scott Lucas, professor at the University of Birmingham. Uh, Dr. Bong uh, has been listening to what uh, Professor Lucas has been saying. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on one thing, because, you know, you, you, you're the, uh, the national security, the North Korea expert. I thought that one interesting moment of the debate was when Hillary Clinton, I, I think you, you know this moment, too, uh, when Donald Trump kept talking about the nuclear weapons and, and they're not paying their fair share. Right, Japan right. is beating us in every game and South Korea is not uh, kind of ponying up the dough for defense. And then she came out and just looked straight in the eye and says, I want to tell my allies, I want to ins- assure them that despite what you're hearing in the campaign, 
we honor our commitments and all of those treaties are going to be honored by the United States. I, I thought, at least from the international audience perspective, that was a key moment, right? Right, but we have to also... Uh be mindful that international voters do not vote sure. in this U.S. presidential election. But it gives her the credibility, at least to people who are kind of on the fence saying, do I want a commander-in-chief who is trusted by the world or, or not trusted by the world? Right. But at the same time, we have to also remember that uh, undecided voters uh, would be only 7 to 8 percent of the entire voters. So those who already uh, have made up their mind. Uh, who should be the next commander-in-chief will stick to their decisions anyway, regardless of what they saw in this first presidential debate. It, it, I do not deny that I was saying, by saying that uh, Hillary Clinton looked really pres- presidential, trustworthy for the foreign policy of the United States. But as I said, that it's a, a you know, popular mm-hmm. election in the United States. And there are issues there that, quite frankly, I suppose, th- the people care about that maybe us here in Korea don't necessarily, we don't, they don't care about the SOFA agreement. I think a lot of them don't even really understand what TPP actually is, right. even though there's a lot of rhetoric about trade and, right. and, 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 and all of that. If you pull the average American, they're not, they're not going to really know what TPP is. What do you think then is the key factor? You mentioned all these past debates, so the 2008 debate, the 2000 debate, the, the Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. uh, Carter debate. I remember 2012, Mitt Romney, Barack Obama mm-hmm. uh, coming into it. That first debate was considered a huge disaster for Barack Obama because it was, right, he I remember was, that because right. Romney came in. It was after the 47 uh, percent mm-hmm. comment mm-hmm. and his poll numbers were down and that oh, we're going to kill this guy. But then he came out looking like a normal person. Mm-hmm. He didn't talk like a billionaire or what have you. And a lot of people thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be uh, an election where the Republican is actually going to beat the incumbent. That did not subsequently happen, but that just goes to show that just because this first debate ended away this way, I don't necessarily agree what Professor Luke is saying, this is going to be a decisive moment like the 1960 Kennedy-Nixon debate. Right. I cautiously uh, have a di- different opinion uh, you know, from uh, Professor you know, Lucas because, um, as I said, that as a case in um, 2012, the first debate, and uh, 2000, the first debate as well, that uh, Hillary Clinton edging Donald Trump in this first uh, debate, at least according to the first uh, popular you know, pollings, um, does not guarantee an eventual victory. What is more important from this point on is to carry out momentum for the Hillary Clinton uh, after this debate. Because as we speak, uh, the state of Pennsylvania and Colorado seems to have become a toss-up state, which used to belong to Democrat- Democratic Party. So people, uh, voters in those swing states, have been gearing toward Mr. Donald Trump as a Republican Party candidate. So Hillary Clinton's victory performance uh, in this first debate is good in terms of helping her, helping her to make up lost ground, not move, running away from um, in likely win in this presidential election. Um, toss-up in Pennsylvania, toss-up in Colorado. Iowa as well. Iowa. And uh, no presidential candidate has won the election uh, without carrying the state of Ohio. But Hillary Clinton is far behind Donald Trump in the state of Ohio. So if if she wins in this presidential election without carrying the state of Ohio, she will be the first president ever doing that since 1960. Right. 
The reason why, though, that's not necessarily impossible this time around is that a lot of these so-called battleground swing states mm-hmm. have sort of been flipped upside down. So, yes, uh, like very white states like oh, Iowa, uh, Iowa mm-hmm. or Pennsylvania, which sort of nem- normally till yeah. Democratic have now become sort of battle- battleground states or purple states. But then you also have states like North Carolina, um, states like even Arizona, uh, some people even saying Georgia or even Utah, which has a very high uh, Mormon population that a lot of people are saying – you know right. they're they're um, they're iffier as as um, I suppose opposed to the normal conventional wisdom of election thinking. Right, you you raised the right point because that's why Hillary Clinton seems to uh, intentionally tie uh, the credibility and the character of uh, Mr. Donald Trump as the next president uh, to uh, the potential racist racism or racist view and the gender issue as well. So that the next task for the Democratic Party to galvanize the other uh, you know, basis is to uh, make sure that there will be substantially increased turnout of the minority voters, Latinos, women, and African-American in the swing states like North Carolina uh, and whatnot. And what, has a ch- what uh, will be really helpful for uh, Democratic Party candidate, uh, Senator Hillary Clinton, is that now she has ammunition, sound bites. Like whenever uh, Donald Trump defended his uh, tax, re- tax return record or his business deals, he quipped like, uh, well, uh, when Hillary Clinton was talking about the other uh, guy fired uh, without getting paid, maybe he did not do a good job. And on the uh, accusation that he has not filed a tax return, he said that because I'm smart, yeah, right, or it's called business, yeah. That kind of attitude will be played over and over by Democratic Party to show that Donald Trump maybe he's an outsider, but not people's president. He's so alienated from blue-collar workers or common middle-class citizens like you. He's just a billionaire who just want to make money and who just want to you know, have the power. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating strategy. Uh, on the one hand, they're kind of painting him as he's not a real Republican. He likes Russia. He's against free trade, uh, immigration. But on the flip side, they're, on the debate, they said basically, look, this guy is like Mitt Romney. He's a rich guy. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to pay taxes. Um, and he's going to bully you little guys around. And so how effective that is, bottom line, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, any final thoughts? Final thought is that uh, the two issues will be extremely important uh, for the remaining days before the election, November 8th. One is uh, President Obama, how actively he will uh, support uh, the candidate Hillary Clinton, because Hillary Clinton needs his support, support from the incumbent president. Al Gore did not try to get the support, full support from incumbent president Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton was besieged with this uh, scandal with Monica Lewinsky, which was a huge mistake. And second one is the health issue. If uh, one of the candidates show a problem with health or stamina, however you put it, then there will be a very devastating effect uh, to look presidential. It's going to be an interesting outcome, and we hope we can have you back again to give us that uh, great analysis. Dr. Bong, as always, thank you very much. Talk to you again soon. Always. Thank you. You're welcome.